Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, when this show airs, Breaking Bad will be over. Now, I just caught up on Breaking Bad a few weeks ago. And the reason was, I'd watched the first... Two, two and a half seasons, and I liked it, but I got distracted because I get into, you know, Ray Donovan and all these other shows, and um, Sunday nights, for some reason, the best TV. But then I sat there and I said, you know what, I really want to catch up on Breaking Bad, and ever since the invention of uh, Facebook, okay, people have this uh, rule that they must go on Facebook and ruin everything for you. So if you didn't see Breaking Bad, like The Walking Dead, per se, I was watching that, I fell out, I didn't keep up on it, and then all of a sudden I look one night and it says... Oh, such and such died. And for me, a lot of my friends from back east, you know, do it a few hours before. Luckily, out here, I can get AMC uh, East Coast time and the East Coast feed. They do the high definition as earlier. But I just, I had to watch Breaking Bad. I went on a Breaking Bad marathon, just watching the shows, watching the shows, watching the shows, because I knew someone was going to screw it up. And that just sucks about society. It's like, you know what? You know people. It's not like if you tweet, if you, if you put a football score up. That makes sense, because, you know, I'm not one who's going to watch a football game taped and you, you watch ESPN ticks but for the TV shows people just be nice don't ruin it I don't want to I don't I don't want to know before if Castle got engaged to Beckett. Don't tell me. Which I got to tell you about Castle. I, I enjoy that show. But is it me or every year has Castle got chunkier and Beckett just got hotter? That's all I'm saying. Anyway, we have a great show. My guest today, it's so weird. It, it was years, it, in the very early days of Cooper Talk, I had, well, you people have heard Max Voss has been on a few times. But back, she used to co-host like once every month, month and a half. And I would ask her to get guests. And she got this guest and then she met him at one of those... Uh, I believe one of the anime or the shows because he's a big voice guy and he travels and he's got these big followers and he's, he goes to these conventions and it's Spike Spencer. How you doing, Spike? How you doing, man? Good to see you. It's good to see you. So yeah, it's so funny. The, the convent, I see you on post on Facebook. You go to a lot of these conventions. Yeah. Now, it's weird because uh, Robert Picardo, do you know who he is? Yeah. Well, he was on the show and he was saying, like with Star Trek fans, he goes, they're great because they watch you in the show but then they're very smart and hip so they'll watch everything else you've been in like for you because you do voice work and you do games and stuff like that like what, what is what do you which, what are you best known for when you go to these conventions I know you, you go all over the world what are some of the best places you've been I mean where are some of the places you've been well uh, gosh my favorite places I've been to Australia New Zealand uh, I've been to every major city in, in Australia New Zealand Canada uh, Japan oddly enough but not for uh, for a con appearance, and pretty much every major city in uh, America. And, uh, oh, also Ireland. Um, but the cool thing about it is that, yeah, I, I'm known for many different things, but anime, uh, dubbing anime into English is uh, something that I'm really, really known for, uh, mostly for a, a, a property called Evangelion. And it's a effeminate little girly boy who saves the world on a biomechanical robot. Okay. Go figure that. It, it happens all the time. Uh, but I'm well known for that. But I've also in video games. Uh, like I was in Bioshock Infinite. Had uh, some roles there. Uh, Saints Row 3. And a new one that just came out called uh, The Bureau. XCOM Declassified. Saints Row 3. That's the gang one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That looks cool. I, I mean, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a gamer. I mean, I have a PlayStation 1. I'll be honest. Yeah. Oh, so do I. I. I still have it. And I, I haven't used it. And... I, for me, I, I I think it's for me for the gaming is I'm just not that good at it. And I get frustrated. And I go, why am I going to spend all this money when I'm not 
good at it. You know, right. you sit there and you get frustrated. And I like the sports games, but I get my ass kicked. Exactly. So, so no, but, but you're also in World of Warcraft, right? Oh yeah, World of Warcraft and League of Legends, um, and so that's that's kind of an ongoing thing. So people see that and they hear me and they're like, oh, okay, I know who this guy is now. Um, when he's not screaming like a little boy. <laughs> but is that your big like when you when you let's say when you go to uh, one of these shows, they set you at a table, right? Right. And they'll say Spike Spencer, and then they what will they say? Will they put underneath it? I mean, they have to. We'll say in a, like the program, you know, because like mine would be Steve when I do comedy, it's Steve Cooper from Cooper Talk. Mm-hmm. When they say yours, be, what would they put? Spike Spencer. What, what do they usually put? Mostly they're going to put Evangelion okay. uh, under that because that was the one of the most popular shows in Japan ever of all time and it's it's actually undergoing a reboot right now with uh so they did the series and then there were some other films after it and then it was nothing happened for a long time now they're redoing i think four films and it has a very um, big following yeah now it does do people have any idea what you look like when they i mean when they first time did they did they think you're a little kid i mean what do they what what do they sit there when they what are some weird things people say to you when they meet you they're like holy crap you're like you know because he's a good looking guy he's midwest looking it's like you're playing a little girly boy people must be like this can't be true because you know how people don't believe they want to believe that that character is actually yeah that kind of like spiro the dragon they probably want no i wish it was a dragon exactly what do people usually say to you I, I, I surprise the crap out of them. Okay. I, really, when they say this, I had no idea that voice came out of that guy. He's nothing, nothing <laughs> like that character <laughs> whatsoever. And uh, it's funny because I'm an actor. That's that's the thing that, you know, that's how, what we do. Um, and it's funny because when I was here last time, I had longer hair. Right, and, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, now I'm all sheared and uh, life has changed. But uh, same thing. I still have the, when I'm doing convention appearances, I do different panels. And so I'm speaking uh, a lot. And when they, they hear me and they see me, and they, I do all the different voices. I do deep voices. I do high voices. I do whatever. And it's just funny because they don't expect it because they have this vision of me as a young boy. That's. I mean, yeah, it must be. It must be weird because I mean, some of the. I mean, well, what what is what would you say is your fan base for like that character? Is there a certain demographic of age for the the little what's it called for Evangelion? Evangelion. Is there is there a following? Or I mean, is there something like, like you know? I'm sure you don't get. A, I mean, if like a seven year old guy in a trench coat comes up, you're probably like, okay, this guy might be a pedophile <laughs> or something. You know? How you doing? Exactly. <laughs> but now, what it, do do you see a certain pattern of people who are an age group, or is it all over the board? Actually, it's all over the board now because um, we started back in the early '90s. So I, I think a lot of it was uh, younger people, uh, you know, teen, right around teen, adolescent stuff. But they've grown with it. And so now a lot of people at 30s, 40s, I'm seeing people who all over the, the range of anime lovers has really expanded. Uh, and it's, it's actually it's it covers everything It's just so many age ranges. Um, but it's it's great. They're all awesome, awesome fans. That's one thing I will give anime fans uh, and sci-fi fans, and like they like Robert was talking about. They're very uh, dedicated. Very dedicated, and they're they're sweet people. They're really awesome. I love seeing them. See, that's cool. Now you're from Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Now originally, you, okay. When you were a kid, did you do voices or did you? I mean, how did you? Did you? I mean, because like. Every kid tries to do voices. It's so funny. Like I had the magician on last week, and I said every kid has that damn magic set. But the difference is, you know, the one with the ball. Everyone got like a yeah. thing. And the difference is, some of us just after a while we go, oh, screw this, and they get rid of it. And if the kids who want to do magic, follow it. Sure. Every kid does voices. We all, I mean, am I, I'll be fifty soon, so we all did John Wayne. We did this, and they pretty much suck because when you're nine years old trying to do John Wayne, it's like, oh, little, you know, it doesn't yeah. sound like it. Doesn't it. work. It doesn't work. But now, when you were a little kid, when did you find out that you wanted to do voices, and what made you? think i mean what what cre- what 
created you doing that? Sure. What was there a certain influence? Well, oddly enough, I, I did a lot of voices as a kid. I used to talk to my food, and my food would talk back to me, and so I you know kind of entertained my, my parents. And did you have high, did you have a high voice as a kid, or oh uh, yeah yeah? I mean, I'm, I'm still I still have kind of a higher nasal range in my regular voice, but I can get down to this if I need okay. to, you know, whatever wherever I need to go. But uh, when I was a kid, I just played with different characters with it. But I never thought about being an actor or anything until I was in high school, you know. And I auditioned for a play. Boom, got the lead, and that was the end. I was like, I'm, "This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life." But when you were a kid, did you watch like cartoons or I mean, what? Oh what, yeah. So, so, but did you sit there? Did you try to? Did you do impersonations as a kid, or did you just do voices? Uh, I tried to do impersonations. We all try to do that, but you know, it, it's it's difficult when you get something like you're trying to do Donald Duck. I can't do Donald Duck. Right. I know people that can. It's so hard to do. Right. We can all do the sound that that kind of thing we can get but then actually making the words happen with that that's difficult what were some of the cartoons that influenced you as a kid? oh did you Looney watch? Tunes man okay. Looney Tunes that Heckle and Jekyll uh, Tom and Jerry loved that you know all that all the early good stuff I, I was always a big uh Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Loved Fat Albert. Because I could be a Hebefabber. And here, here's, here's my, here's some chocolate cake. And we'd sit there, Willis, Auntie. And it was, and Cosby did all his voices, which is amazing. Oh, I know. Great. I mean, he's so talented that people don't know that he did all the voices. And then it's so funny, I bought this old, uh, one of those, I'm a, I'm a big Christmas freak. I love Christmas. And uh, yeah. this year when I'm back, I spent it back east with my girlfriend and, um, I went and spent Christmas with someone, you know, for a while, and so I went and I got like the like the crappy five dollar video at Kmart, but it was one of them was a Fat Albert Christmas, nice. and it's just so great. And it had a Casper Christmas, and it's amazing that it, it, even now, like the and the animation of Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids is very looks very good. Yeah, oh yeah, which is crazy. Some of them like Casper just looks like a little white. Yeah. You know? So you're doing that. So you get into high school, and then now you sit there, and you what made you want to audition for the play? Well. Oddly enough, I wanted to be, I was thinking about being a lawyer okay. because, of, well, that's where the money is. And I like money. So uh, I auditioned because uh, my father had said, you know, a lot of acting, a lot of speaking. You should take some some drama. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll take a drama class in high school and I auditioned for the role. I got the lead in the in the play. What play was it? Uh, it was called Charlie's Aunt. Uh, and I was Jack Chesney with a bad fake British accent. And, and it was uh, a lot do, of do, do a British, do, do, do. Oh, it depends on what, what kind. I mean, I'm not great Can you, can you do the old one, the Jack Chesney? What did I do? Um, uh, yes, but I'm Jack. I'm Jack Chesney, you know. And uh, <laughs> it's, there's, uh, British is all kinds of fun. Uh, but when the curtain went down, that first night and the applause went up I oh I was done I was just done it's so funny you say that it's because I know I went to this 80s concert uh, this past weekend in Anaheim it was amazing was it the flashback thing yeah was, I saw you were going to that I wanted yeah, to go to that it was awesome uh, we left them on uh, oh. the fix sucked the fix was awful what no, no I love them here, I love them too but here's what they did the, the concert it's the stage where when the band gets finished the stage rotates and the other band comes out right That's So it's because cool. it's a very tight schedule well the fix had to do a sound check and so that threw all their time off so they start off with all new music first of all you know what you're the fix I want to hear the classics <laughs> and so then before they played Stand and Fall and uh, you know Stand, stay stand and Fall yeah. yeah and uh, like well, one thing leads to another before they did that oh we're out of time and so they didn't do it 
but oh. but the thing about performing, it's when I was in college, I did a Rick Springfield air guitar for a, a Mr. Stockton contest, <laughs> and I'm actually going to see the guy who was a senior when I was a freshman. They had this contest where it was like a Miss America contest, but I did it as right. a joke, and I used to, I used to do Springfield. He goes, do that, and when I saw Springfield, it was awesome because I but I went on stage the first time doing that Rick Springfield concert. Same thing, the applause, and I had the guitars at Springfield, and I had picks that said Steve Cooper, and it's the same thing. Once the applause got you you're like wow so you love the applause after yeah, the acting oh, absolutely. so now where do you, do you go to college I did I went to the University of Houston and majored in drama um, I got a baccalaureate degree from the honors program all that stuff nobody cares yeah. you're an actor just show us what you can do were you doing some big productions down there um, well I did uh, theater for a while but I got out of theater because I really wanted to do film okay. and I liked film and TV and uh, back in the day I did uh, a recurring character on the Big Easy the TV series for a while there and uh, several films uh, out of Houston and New Orleans and so all they that. were actually in Houston they shot there so you just went down that you got out of college and you said I'm going to start auditioning so you got into yeah. these these production did you have an agent down there oh yeah i still okay. do <laughs> in, in new orleans no I mean, well I had, I had one in houston and i also had one in new orleans okay uh new orleans new orleans that's my second city yeah new orleans who that all right yeah uh but uh yeah that's what i did and i did uh, a lot of voiceover that's how i got into voiceover as well it's just another aspect of acting it's just you know it's something that we, all actors do did someone notice your voice or someone recognize where you screwing around and what what led you into doing the voiceovers did someone say wow you got a really good voice spike you know what you know yeah, well, I, I've been doing voiceovers, radio stuff, you know, Subway, eat fresh, that kind of thing. You, Those kind of radio spots, you do that. But to get into the cartoons and the anime and animation stuff, I was actually doing a live-action film with my dear friend Amanda Wynn Lee. And she was, at the time, uh, directing things out of ADV, out of Houston. Okay. And ADV was a dub house, so they would get the stuff from Japan, and then they would... Uh, uh, you know, script it all out, and then we would get in the booth and we dub it. So we match the mouth flaps called ADR. And so we would do that. Well, we were working on a film. She said, you do all these great, funny voices, and you're kind of cool. Let's go. You know, why don't you come over here and uh, read for us? I was like, okay, cool. And uh, so I went in, and I got a role, uh, a small little role, and then it went to a bigger one, and then boom, Evangelion. And when we did Evangelion. And that was, but you were living in Houston at the time. All in Houston. Okay. And I did that for years. And I just moved out here eight years ago. Okay. And so I've continued that. And thankfully, people knew me a little bit in the, the voice world. And that's that's how I've been surviving out here. While I start work on getting back on screen and, and getting it all back together. Now, at what point in your life did you sit there and go, because you're doing well in Houston. No, you're, you're getting you're getting the Evangelion. I was doing very well. Yeah. So at what point did you say, you know, I really have to get to L.A.? And, and what? Because a lot of people don't want to leave. Like you know, they're sitting there going, "Well, I'm doing this," and you know, and yeah. Houston's. You know, I grew up here, and it's a, it's it's a different. It's it's my background yeah. in New Orleans, and 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 you're you have that security, and you know, you're going to keep working, and sure. you're you're the big fish. Kind of, kind of big fish, little pond, yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. but what did you sit there and go, okay, I'm, I'm going to LA? What, was there a certain thing that you said, okay, I have to do this, or did, was there an, ex, uh, an event that made you do that? Yeah, big event. Um, actually, I also did real estate too, invest, you know, buying houses, fixing them up, and selling that kind of thing. So I had lots of great things going on, but sadly, I went through a divorce, okay. and that was like, okay, well, I can stay here and wallow, or get out, you know, go somewhere else. LA was the only option for me, and so I picked up everything and moved to Beverly. Had and, you been here before? 
Well, I had been here a few times. Uh, never lived, but just you know visited a couple times. But being an actor, it's like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go there and, and make a go of it and see what happens. Now, where was the first place you lived, and how'd you find it? I always I, crack up. Like people sit there, like I, I used to live when I lived, when I was married. I lived in San Diego. I used to come up here. I saw mm-hmm. in the first hour, and my buddy knew of these little studios. I paid three eighty five to live in Hollywood in a studio. Wow. But I wouldn't. I didn't know anything about Hollywood where to sure. live. I mean, what did you do? I got very. I was incredibly lucky. My buddy David, uh, Dave, that I was telling you about. Uh, he was actually the manager of an apartment building in K-Town. And so moved me into a really nice um, studio at a really good price. And so I stayed there up until last year and I moved uh, into a bigger uh, apartment in the same unit over in K-Town. And I love it. Isn't that great when you can move? Like me, like I live here in Burbank and it's a a two-level townhouse Mm. and uh, it's an apartment. And I lived right across the hall and they wanted to start, they were redoing all the apartments. So basically they said, you can move across the hall same price and rent, but everything's upgraded. So it was the easiest move. Sure. Because at a month, it's like, okay, I'll take a few glasses over. You know, <laughs> and it's like, hey guys, can you help me move? Uh, I go, come on, it's the couch across. It's right. Oh, okay. And, and yeah, the, you know, it's like it was the best move. So you, so you came out here. Now, did you did you get an agent out here right away? Or what, yeah. Were, okay, not. Did you know someone that introduced you to the agent, or did they know you because of your work? No. Yeah. You need to. Well, that's the thing about um, Hollywood is so different from. Uh, Houston and other other places. It's just got its own way of doing things, and it takes a while to to figure it out. It took me a couple of years to to really well, it took me many years to get kind of the flow, as as so to speak. So one thing you do have to do is have someone uh, Godfather you in, you know, somebody to walk you into some place and be your reference. So I had a friend who gave me references to several agencies, and I. Uh, inquired and a couple of them uh, got back to me and uh, I signed with one of them and then that lasted for a while and then boom they dropped me out of nowhere and kind of floated around and just kind of did my own work but it doesn't matter whether with I have an agency or not 90% of the jobs the work that I do I get myself for, for and, the voice yeah okay so now when you came out here were you getting uh, a lot of auditions when you first moved up yeah well not a lot but uh, it did uh, more than you know I more than I used to have in Houston, you know, because there's a lot more stuff going on right. out here. So, yeah, I did get more more auditions, but uh, fortunately, be, because I knew people and that knew me, and they're like, oh, okay, well, here, why don't you go audition for this thing? And, you know, because they knew me and knew that I could deliver, then they said, okay, well, we'll hire you for this. What was one of the first uh, things you booked out here? And acting, not as a voice, but acting in L.A.? Oh, acting on camera? Um I have done almost nothing on camera out here except one thing that I did early on, which is a lot of fun. This is kind of, you know, you have kind of a checklist of things you want to do in your life. For film, there's a few things I wanted to do. One of them was I always want to be one of those cheesy commercials that, you know, I want to be the guy who can't crack an egg or I can't iron my clothes or something. I got that. I got to do this thing for um, – because I had – experience in you know construction and that what uh, they wanted somebody to be kind of their spokesperson for this commercial i didn't get that but they said hey we'll give you this awesome uh, tool set and a couple hundred bucks if you come out and be the guy who can't quite reach that screw or whatever and with this uh big drill thing i said ah oh, sure why not it'll be fun i'll make a little money get some free tools and that's uh, great and it was funny because I was us- actually trying to reach up and get a screw with this huge drill, which is the drill that I used to have. Okay. So I'm like, I'm not acting. I can't do this, That's man. Funny. And then I get throw the thing down, and I'm all angry. <laughs> I would love to be one of those. I would love to be a moment where it's like where I'm on the beach and someone like 
kick sand into my drink and like oh, yeah. you get that they get it look like oh you know it's like oh you know hey uh do you hate when ants get in your food <laughs> and that's like they're the best they're so cheesy and it's so funny it's like i think the funny thing is you always wanted to do that and you did it as a goof. Yeah, yeah, What's totally. scary is that there's some people who actually take that serious. They're like, oh, I got this great. And you're like, you're the guy that goes, ah. Oh. You know, yeah. it's like, it's just weird. It's how not some going people, on the resume. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, as a goof, it's cool. But then you see people going, oh. It's like some of these awful, awful car commercials I see, like these local ones. Not like the cool, like the Honda car commercials right. are cool. But some of these local car commercials and the guy is like, I'm like, who directed that? And, and are you really want to be in it? Or you got cash? I'm Jim Green Cash exactly. Jimmy. And it's like, and you know that's not a national. And you know he's not getting paid a lot. And he's wearing a mask because no one knows who he is. He probably got yeah. 300 bucks. And now he's played all the time and everybody hates him. Exactly. I, I know that drill. And I, I was kind of wary, wary of it, you know. But I'm like, I don't care. At this right. moment in time, I'm like, everything that I do out here, I've gotten into the California mindset. Everything I do is designed to make me better. Right. You know, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Hey, I got some great tools, and I got some money out of it, and it was fun to do. And uh, I, there's two other things I wanted to say real fast. There, I wanted one of the other things I wanted to do is walk away from like a, a the slow mo walking away from a burning uh, something, or you know walking towards camera looking all bad. You know, that's that's funny because like from watching Breaking Bad and that. stuff. No, okay, we'll, we'll get that back. Okay. That's always like the same thing. Like after you watch like Breaking Bad or like Burn Notice, that is a thing. You know, I said you go, it'd be so cool because you're sitting there going, to, like I'm walking through my garage in my a place, and I'm sitting there going, it'd be so cool if I just sat there and, like threw a. A, ma- a match under a car and it blew up and said, I'm walking up walking to my apartment. Away. That is so. Wait, so you did that? What did you well, do? It, there was a film called uh, Broken Spirits that I did a couple. Uh, we couple talked of, about. I think that last time. You yeah, were yeah. It's it's still. I don't know if it's ever going to be aired or anything. I, it may be good, maybe bad. I don't know. But there was a scene where you know I'm in this like 16th, 17th century garb and I got a sword and I'm taking the sword out slow and we're walking. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's very cool. I got that shot. I'm hoping it, that it looks good and it can work. And then the other one that I haven't done yet is I want to be the guy who leads the the slow clap the okay that's did you, did you ever see uh <laughs> did you ever see not another teen movie uh yeah yeah where yeah. the guy keeps screwing it up he keeps yeah. missing it yeah <laughs> and then finally one guy comes on and gets it and he's pissed i've always wanted to do the slow motion where like either if someone i know is getting beaten in front of me wherever i go no like the don johnson of miami vice when it's like you know you hear the music and then he's looking and they they Catch Rico Tubbs, and he's like, yeah. "No, I've always wanted to do that." Like you said, <laughs> anger, like that, it's pain. So, okay, well, when you were, were you know, as I look on your resume, you've done so many uh, animation stuff. When did you start doing a lot of games? Because I, I think good games have become a lot popular recently. I oh, mean, back crazy. in the day, it's like, it's got, yeah, and that was, I'm so, sure, no, no, no one did that. Boy, that that was like a, no. it wasn't like you going. No. I, mean, I, mean, I would so totally do that, though. Well, I, you know, it's funny because the voice thing. I, see, yeah, I want to be also. Here's something you may want to do, too. I want to be the guy at the end of the Red Robin commercial goes, Red Robin, yum. I want to be the yum guy. Because yeah, yeah. that's oh, yeah. like, you, like, if I was at a party, I could meet like some of the best actors. But if I met the yum guy, I would be like, this is amazing. I, I met the, the yum. And I would tell my friends, they'd be like, who gives a crap? I'm like, no, everyone knows that guy's voice. Yeah. It's, it's like I call CBS for medication. And thank you for calling CBS. And I'm like, and he's so polite. Yeah. And when you go in there, they're they're rude. Sure. But it's like I would. That's so cool because that voice. You're like, who does that? And you know they don't get paid for every time it plays because they'd be billionaires. No, no, you get you get a you know you get a couple hundred bucks for the for the whole thing. I've done those too. You know? Okay, the, thank you for calling. Well, Press give, one. Give what are some of the companies you've done it for? But uh, I can't even. I could off the top of my head. I couldn't even tell you what they are. So you go in and smaller they give, smaller. Places. They give you a script, mm-hmm. 
and you go, okay, you've reached, let's say, you know, we reached Jim's Chicken Waffle right. House. Uh, press one for this. Yeah. And now do you have to you pause? Is that written in the script, like pause? or? Yeah. I mean, just that you read the line. Maybe you'll read it like three times uh, so they get whatever read they want. And then you just go to the next line, you know, for technology. Press two. That's funny. It's because people like it's just weird because you, you need it. And, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like it's just so weird. Like people are like, hey, why did you get that audition? Yeah. Um, but the games, so the games, I mean, because after, I mean, you know, I grew up playing Atari, you know, even like the early games, there wasn't like the, vo- there wasn't all the voicing, like not now. When, when did you start getting involved in the games? Was it an easy transition because people knew your voice from the anime and stuff like that? Yeah, it helped because the people, usually the people that are doing, there's not like, oh, these people only do anime. These people only do video games. These people only, it's, it's voice. Everybody in town does everything. You know, there's so much uh, stuff to do, but the video games, they're just more and more popular and and so there's more work out there so it was an easy transition and i really i did it's it's funny because some of them are different you do some that are really really long and you have to do because they have um the ones where there are so many scenarios that your character could do somebody makes this choice and the game goes this direction they make another choice it goes that direction so you have to do voices for every possible outcome and uh, so that's those are the great ones. We love those. <laughs> is, it, we, is it a long process? It, it's a long process. It's it's more money and it's it's a lot of fun. And some of them are real fast. Like, for example, I did eight characters on World of Warcraft, but my lines were about one page long, and it was only like one, then space, then one, then one. So it was I was in and out in like fifteen minutes. And it's so funny because that, that is such a huge game. Yeah. And it's like, and now do when you tell people. You were in that. Do they know the character automatically? or? Well, I did. Uh, yeah, they say, which characters did you do? I haven't worked uh, on that in a while. That was pretty much earlier when I got out here. So I, I name off all the characters. They go, oh, I killed you. Oh, I played this guy. I, I saw that. I remember that. That's cool. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Those are great. Those are classics. Um, and right now, one that's big, League of Legends, is uh, gaining more and more popularity. Now, what kind of voice are you doing that? Um, I was uh, Wukong, the Monkey King. Who's going to hear that? And I, th- I well, I, uh, here's the thing. When people put on the spot. I'm always like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was, um, no matter how high, I will always reach my target, or something along that okay, line. Okay, but so you're the, because you're the monkey king, if you're just yeah. a monkey, you'd be like, <laughs> but I was like, I was thinking, like, you thought, yeah, that's what I thought. So, that's, so now, what was the other one? Uh, the, what's the gang one? Saints Row? No. Uh, Saints Row uh, 3. Now, they just did, Saints Row 4 just came out, and I was some smaller characters on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, the new one I have I don't know anything about that. Do one yet. when you do, do I mean you do different a lot of different dialects. I do now. Now, how did you learn the dialects? Because see, you know, sometimes like there's nothing like worse than a, someone who's trying to do a dialect and it's awful. I mean, sometimes though that's great. <laughs> if it's if you're looking for the cheesiness though, sure. But how did did you have to go do study a lot of the dialects, or does it help because you travel a lot now? I, it or? does help because I traveled. Because if I was going out to uh, like Scotland, when you're there for a little while, you start you start getting sort of the Scottish brogue. It's not it's not right. Really, it's close. You know, and it's instead of saying yes, you go I. Okay. You know, and there's a certain uh, lilt to it, and like Irish is uh, another one. Cause, and it's funny because in act, I learned the first time uh, before I'd ever gone into traveling. There's always like a uh, a line that'll get you into the voice you're looking for. And I think if I remember correctly in college, it was like hi ti 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 ti. Oh, now here we go. You know, and you got that that you know Lucky Charms kind right. of voice, and then you change it, and and you have different 
levels of that voice depending on what they're looking for. Um, the key to voice acting is really being able to pull it back and make it lighter because if you if you start with this, it's, oh, it's Lucky Charms. It's right. Woo-doo-doo. Everybody knows that's like, come on, that's seriously. Um, but if you're doing something like if you remember The Commitments, uh, a great Irish movie, right. and it's like, we're doing soul. Hearts we bits white. You know, it's, it's just another area, another, it's a different, it's really different accents okay. with the dialect. Okay, so so you're doing the voice work. Now you said you, you want to get more and to start doing the, the screen again, right? Yeah, I'm going to get back on screen. I'm now, getting ready to make a move to that again. Now, does that take away from your voice? Are you going to stop doing voice work? No. Because I mean, that, that's your bread and butter, pretty much. Absolutely. I mean, I have a studio at home, but you know, all actors, I mean, almost everyone that I know is an actor, and that's that. Instead of getting pigeonholed as, oh, you're a voice actor. Oh, you're an anime guy. Oh, you're a video game guy. It's like, no, most of them I know, we're all actors, and we'll do, we do everything, but we just happen to have a little more success in this one area. Um, and I tell people, I say, look, I've, I've had scenes with four Academy Award nominees, and Who? two of them won. Uh, I was in Miss Congeniality. I had a scene with Sandra Bullock that okay. I totally got cut, but I spent two days working with Wait, her. So, yeah, you, got, you get work on her. So oh, I, hey, yeah. I did. Yeah. Well, who else? No, this was in, this was in Austin. Okay. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, he cast me and directed me, uh, and uh, also acted in The Three Burials of Melchiedes Estrada. Is that a short? or No, no, it was a full-length movie. It, it was up for, I think, Best Screenplay. Oh, he directed it? Or something. Yeah, he directed it. Now, did you have to audition? Or did he know I you? did. Okay. No, I auditioned for him, uh, and he liked what I did, and so they cast me. A very small role, but uh, it's great. You know, I, I worked with him. Right. I was in scenes there. Um, a long time ago, uh, Alan Bates. Yeah, I had a scene where I was the the waiter, but I had lines with him, uh, Bob Balaban, and Paul Guilfoyle, all in one one scene. In what movie? It was called uh, Simon Gray's Unnatural Pursuits. Why can't I place Alan Bates' face? I know the name. I can't place it. Paul Paul Balaban. If I grow a beard, I look like a young Paul Balaban. Bob Bob Bob, Bob Balaban. Balaban. I, yeah. I look like a young Bob Balaban yeah. if I grow a beard. Exactly. That's exactly. Funny. Like I, in uh, the three uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The Mac. Mac and I look Mac. like him, and I look at a mixture yeah. of him and Dreyfus. Um, exactly. And so, what, what was Alan Bates um, nominated for an Oscar for, though? You gotta refresh me. You don't. Gosh, I, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But uh, and then the last one was um, I worked with Frank Langella. Uh, okay. For five weeks on a Disney film called Now You See It. Uh, and that was right before I came out here. Now, what did you do in that? Was that a big, I mean, five weeks, so that's pretty, you know, pretty yeah, big Yeah, I was, I was his sort of henchman, uh, you know, right-hand man. And uh, uh, it was a, you know, a little Disney film. It was uh, trying to find the great, world's greatest kid magician. And uh, it was with, um, it was a lot of fun because uh, it, uh, it, was, it was great to be able to work with him, but... I think what was even more fun was being able to, to be in New Orleans every day and at night, you know, finish up and go hit the quarter or find a new restaurant. Okay. Because I'm a huge foodie and you are too, I can tell. But it's like, um, it was a lot of fun. It really was. And then I, then I came out here and I had just done basically, I think I did five films within the course of a year. And then I moved out to Hollywood and I'm like, hey, Hollywood, here I am. Hollywood says, I don't care. Yeah, it's always sit down. You. It's like get in the back. <laughs> now, Stay down. Now, last night, you had sent me a message a while ago, but I was really booked up on the show. You were doing some, uh, were you doing, you were doing some show. Uh, were you doing hosting a. Uh, we were, we, well, we're still in the process of producing it. Uh, we were doing a. Uh, an Indiegogo campaign. We're going to start with a new Kickstarter campaign for "Don't Kill Your Date" and other cooking tips. Okay. And that's the the show where I'm. I'm it's a cooking show with a dating talk show twist. I'm the host. I cook. I love to cook. Uh, and it's also based on the book that I'm writing of the same name. Uh, and that's all spawned from one of the panels I've been doing at these conventions all around the world. So I've been giving this talk. 
uh, as uh, sort of an addition to the anime stuff because there's always extra things at these conventions that aren't particularly anime or sci-fi related. And this one kind of goes because, like, they'll say there's like a, a dating uh, thing, you know, anime dating or let's how to talk to girls, that kind of thing. So I put together a little something because I've been studying all about this stuff for the last eight years because. After I came off of the divorce, I had to start dating again. Right. I had to learn a lot. I screwed up a lot. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> I honestly, when I went through my divorce, I didn't date anyone for like a year and a half because I didn't know what to do because you're so used to be, I mean, I was with her for seven years before I, we were dated for two years. Yeah. You're so used to being with that person for nine years that you don't, like now you're like, oh, what do I do? It's I like, had 13 years in. I was, I, I, mean, was, I, did, I was afraid. I mean, I remember, I still remember I, I was at this, I had a comedy troupe and I was at my friend's house and there's a girl who my used to teach with my buddy who was in the troupe and she always, uh, thought I was funny and whatever and I remember I still was my buddy's Halloween party and I was drunk and she was in it and I made out with her but everyone I knew was looking through my friend's window like <laughs> Cooper and I'm like oh you just blew the scene but I was scared I was like what if she shoots me down but oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, so do you, do you get good questions at these uh, at these uh, great questions great like, what questions. are some of the questions people ask you well one of the things I, it's all about uh, food as kind of the the medium in which to help your relationship or to pick up girls or whatever uh because there's a whole pickup you know the pickup artists and all of that that uh really came into being in the last 10 years or so and got really popular there's the pickup artist on uh, uh vh1 that guy looks like a douche i i, I know well, exactly but that's he's, i got the hat yeah the, it's like if, if peacocking if you yeah. are i'm sorry you know the women i know and i know a lot of very intelligent beautiful women if that guy came up they'd be like are you joking me exactly Exactly. It's like it's is this punked? You know, am I is this a reality show? Are you and it's like and they always get like these total knobs who, you know, as the old joke is they fall into a bucket of titties, come out sucking their thumb. You know, they have, <laughs> they have no idea what's going I've on. I've never heard that, That's but I old, love that it's, a lot. It's, it, but it's true, these guys come on and it's like I mean, I'm, I'm in a pickup artist. I remember when it was a Robert Downey Jr. movie yeah, years ago. I remember that too. Yeah. Well, it's a different thing now and it's in its and I'm really, really I, I'm very, very happy with it all because it helped a lot of people learn. Uh, a lot more and get interested in the relationship aspect of it and becoming a better man. And that's kind of what mine is designed to do is to help you become a better man through food. And the food also goes through adventure and travel and all of that because I do all of that. And I find new food finds in Australia or uh, Ireland or wherever I'm going. I heard the food in Ireland's amazing. My, my girlfriend was over there and she said the best hamburger she's ever had in her life yeah. was at this place in Ireland. I, I love Irish food. I love the traditional Irish food, but they they were really bad for a long time. Right. But there's been a, just a complete food revolution just worldwide. Everywhere is really learning uh, how to prepare things and really get out of the comfort zone. And so Ireland is now really, God, oh, great food. Now, what got you into cooking? Were you always a culinary, like, did you work in a restaurant when you were younger? Or what, what I mean, because it's, that's the whole thing. A lot of people, it's so funny. Cooking's easy when you do it, but a lot of people are so afraid to try it. They're like, oh, right. I can't do it. It's like, that's why it's a recipe. Sure. You know, you just look at it, and it's like anything. It's not going to be perfect the first time, but the first time you tried to ride a bike, I'm sure you fell on your ass. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like... Did you pick up a guitar and start playing exactly. the blues? No. So, but how? when did you start really getting into food? Well, oddly enough, it, the, the reason I have this title, it works with when I started cooking, because I started cooking for a, a very hot girl in college, and I really wanted to impress her, so I started learning to cook, and... Um, did you find recipes online or did you make stuff up? 
Uh, my first cooking experience was Betty Crocker Cooks Chinese. Uh, hey, that's... hey, it started me. And uh, I started cooking uh, different things there and learning the process and expanded from there. But she was gorgeous, and I wanted to impress her. And, and when I, I cooked her dinner, and she took a bite of something, and suddenly her eyes just got wide and she was like oh my god i'm like what happened what happened what happened is, right, right, is right. it bad she's like are there peas in here or something I'm, i don't think so why she goes i'm allergic to them thus don't kill your date okay and other right. cooking tips always ask if you're gonna feed somebody find right. out don't kill them but after that did you just start i mean because college i mean well i i had the meal plan so we didn't i mean we used to go to the meal plan and you know then the apartment you oh the cook, meal plan but Good it's Lord. but you go there and it's like and then we used to always go on the weekends because they had brunch and so we would Go with our backpacks and take the lunch meat, or the you know, cold cuts, what we call them, we call them lunch meat, yeah. and the bread. And then you see, one guy would take that. And so one guy would take cereals. So then the next day, if we didn't want to go to the brunch, we could eat in the dorm. Yeah. But the food was so, I remember that. it was so crazy. We used to have steak night, and everyone, and look back, everyone got so excited. And when you look, though, it's basically when they just cook the steaks on a tray and it's like the shittiest piece of meat <laughs> ever. Terrible, man. But, but everyone went nuts. You got one ticket. Like, it was the only time you couldn't eat all you could. And man, if, and if you were like a vegetarian, you could drop, make 10 bucks off that ticket, you know? <laughs> but it was just so funny because it was cooking. But I, I didn't come into cooking until later. But you, so you always, you, you started cooking at a young age. Yeah, yeah. Right out of college and just kept going. And I, I worked in many restaurants and uh, bartended and all that. But I just always liked to cook and so I would just try to learn try to new things and then thank God the Food Network came out and now it's just blown up crazy you can't turn around without having a new recipe thrown in your face which is great and there's all the websites like all recipes and oh, some yeah. things and, and that's great now what's your favorite uh, what's your favorite uh, cuisine to cook my favorite cuisine I am I have so many different cuisines but I'm a southern boy at heart so it's like fried chicken is my kryptonite and uh, I love southern food I love barbecue Texas barbecue I love all barbecue but Texas barbecue is my favorite slow cooked uh, and of course I love Asian food uh, Chinese Japanese Thai all, all of it Asian food is so good uh, we used to go to dim sum lunch in Philadelphia yeah. and what's great about that was we'd go to the Imperial Inn on 11th and Arch and my roommate from college was from Hong Kong. And so we would go, and when all the uh, all the um, tourists would be getting the crappy food, he'd be start speaking Cantonese, like, oh, 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 yeah, and all these the carts stuff. would come out, like, and all that best stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, no, what's what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Do you, do you want those people, are you like an Andrew Zimmern where you eat no. bizarre foods, or do you, I mean, what's something, no. like, what, what's the limit? Like, what's the, what you would consider the, the weirdest thing you ever eat? Because I want to try, I want to try, I try Rocky Mountain oysters. I, I haven't tried them yet. I, I would. I, I, I would, would want to try them. You know, I'll try any exotic meats. You know, I, I'm a meat guy, so uh, no no vegetarian action here. I'll try anything. I think I may have had horse when I was in Japan. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody okay. spoke English there, and there was nothing in English. So then it was probably good. There was a wall of meat. You know, and it's like it's a robotayaki. Here, throw it on the thing and eat it and shut up. And it was everything was good. So that might have been. But uh, one of the the Worst things on the planet, and some of my Australian friends will hate me for this, but uh, Vegemite is so nasty, and it's so funny because, um, <laughs> and my my beautiful fiance, uh, j I just took her down to Adelaide, and she tried it for the first time. She goes, "Oh dear God!" That's I say, I've heard it's it's like a paste. It's like because I did a, I did a recipe because I did it's it said I said not a Vegemite sandwich. It's a roasted vegetable sandwich. Right. So I did the research on Vegemite, and it just sounds nasty. She said the best line I've ever heard it described. She goes, 
It's like I just licked Satan's taint. That's thank you, honey. I love you. That's that was funny. that was a perfect description of Vegemite. So so when you when you come you decided to do this uh, the show you're producing the mm-hmm. one, how did you go about doing it? Did you say I have this idea? I'm I going to because you said you you write dating advice. Yes, actually, I'm I'm now writing. Uh, I've written for uh, Neil Strauss's blog uh, several times, uh, and he wrote the game. Uh, I've been writing for Carlos Zuma, who's uh, big in the the POA dating uh, arena. I've been writing for singleswarehouse.co.uk uh, for months, many months now. I just I turned one turned in one today, and, and other places. I'm looking to expand more to write articles as well as the book that I'm. So, how does one get into writing dating advice? Do they give you questions and then you? answer them or how does that work and do you do it on a humorous slant or do you do it as a very serious like an expert well mine's very serious uh i do know what i'm talking about but i i, I write funny anyway i i just have fun with it because it should all be fun dating should be fun uh and i know it can be very harsh for a lot of people i've screwed up many many times i know that right now and if any of the women are listening sorry but you know you learn you move on and you keep going and you learn more you get better you get better you get better um, so and I know what I'm talking about because I now have a fiance. I just asked her to marry me a few months ago. Congrats! And thank you very much. How'd you how'd you how'd you get in? Well, first of all, how'd you guys meet? Uh, well, we met at a mixer. Uh, Out just, here? Yeah, just a Hollywood mixer, and uh, she is a screenwriter. Uh, she wrote the movie Bro with uh, Danny Trejo in it, and uh, she also is the president of her own uh, fitness company. It's called BodyArcher.com. It's it's this thing that it's a stretchy thing. I don't. You have to check it out, but it's great, and they she's the only, I think it's the only, it's for back stretching, which I had my spine fused, so I know a little bit about that, but it, and um, it has been recommended by Cedar sinai so nobody has that, and she's an ex-Miss uh, California contestant. Okay, so you met her at a mixer. So I did good. You did. Uh, yes, and she's fantastic, so. Um, Was it weird dating, though, because you said you've gone through dating, or did she know you were a dating expert? Did she know that when she met she, you, you bring well, it up? Because that would sort of make it like, I see, I would think that would sort of make it, uh tough because it's like you know this and then it's like she's probably thinking okay he's probably a step in front of me all the time i have to do this else he's gonna be like what the hell are you doing right. I, mean, I think that we it's like not if someone was a big star that would be to me i'd be less intimidating than someone who was a dating expert because you think one they're gonna be like the old jewish grandmother why are you doing this wrong you know <laughs> or they're gonna be why are you thinking this? You know, or they're gonna sit there and be like Okay, I mean, is, it must be weird. Did you tell her right off the bat you write dating stuff? Or? Uh, yeah, actually, I tell you know one of the things because I I've been doing the don't kill your date uh, panels at cons all around the world for about seven years now, and I've been working on the book, and so that came up in conversation relatively quickly. And the thing that I found even when I was dating before her, I dated a lot of lot of people, and the thing is to be completely open. And honest about it all, and then you, they start to talk to you, and when they ask you a question, they give you those little tests that they're going to give right. you, and you start passing them right up, up, and they're like, "Oh, this guy really does know what he's talking about. He's really got his stuff together," and that's what she found very attractive. See, that was bad for me because relationships go. So, what do you think? This I just go shut the hell up. And it never, it <laughs> shut never, up, you. It, it never worked. So, um, <laughs> get so, him back. So, how'd you get? How'd you propose to her? How'd, did you plan it for a while? Were you nervous? I did because here's my feeling. Like my my girlfriend's moving out here, and we've been together for. Uh, the listeners know the lovely Joanne. We've been together for about a year and a half. I, I, we got in touch two years ago about a, a professional thing about booking me for a party. We went to college together. So we've known each other, but we haven't you know, seen each other forever. And, um, you know, she's coming out. And, you know, 
hey, will we get married? Maybe. But the thing is, you sit there and you go, once you've been through one marriage, you know if you get married a second time, that's it. Because no one's marrying a guy who's been married, divorced twice. Right. I mean, the flag would go right up like, oh, have you been married uh, two times? I mean, a very dear friend of mine is on his fourth marriage. I'm like, how did, how? How do like, if, if I was a woman, yeah, I'm like, if I was a woman, I'd be like, uh, uh, you've been married because you know so I was married three times sure. there's a good chance it's not going to work out the fourth time it's pretty solid that it may not but so but so we're did you think about it for a while? How are you going to get engaged to her? Or how did it all come about? I did. Well, I thought about it for a while because I, I had dated many women and I didn't know. I was looking. I was definitely He's looking. He's a slut. I'm a lots of women. He's such a hoe bag. No, I, uh, I just really enjoyed talking. That was part of the interview process really as well because a lot of the dates were just, hey, dinner, and let's talk about right. relationships. And I learned so much by asking women, hey, how do you feel about this? What are you looking for in men? Blah, 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 blah. But uh, when I met her, it's just it was that that moment when you kind of go, wow, it was very quick. About a month in, I was like, this this, this could be it. And as time went on, we just getting deeper and deeper, closer and isn't closer. Isn't that weird? And, and how old are you? Uh, 44. Okay, I'm, I'll be 50 soon. But isn't it weird as you get older, it just, you know. It's like with my girlfriend, when we first started talking, we talked for four hours on the phone. Let sure. me tell you something. I don't even do four hours a month. I have unlimited calling. Back then, I had to change <laughs> my calling plan because I was yeah. going over. And I would only call her like, what's been these long conversations? And I'm like, wait a second. And the reason we wouldn't talk for six hours is because it was, she's back east, it was a time difference, sure. so she had to get to sleep. And it's just weird, you know, and it's like, wow, I can actually talk to this person. And a lot of people don't know that. And it's like, yeah, when you sit there and you go, man, it's just, it's not, it's just easy. It's like one of my friends said, because I love to drink, but she loves to drink. But when we're together, we don't drink. Well, we're together, we don't drink. Right. And someone's like, why? I said, because this is the first girl where I don't have to get drunk just to put up with her. Right. And people don't understand <laughs> that, but a lot of guys will say the same thing. It's like, they're like, oh, God. Could she, like, after you see people, around, oh, God, could she just shut the hell up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, shut up. So, so how'd you get in, how'd you propose? Well, what we did, uh, we had just come back from Australia and. Uh, now, was, were you over there for work? Yeah, yeah, I was appearing at a convention and in Adelaide. So she Adelaide. went with you. And she went with me. And uh, so we, come back and usually when I do a big trip like that I come back about, about two weeks later I'm like okay I just got to get away for like a day or two and so I used that as my ruse and told her I got a deal on a thing up in Big Sur which is where I took her on her first birthday um, and now how long you been with her? Uh, a little over a year Okay. and uh, so I took her back up there and there was this when we came back there was this one place in uh, Lucia Lucia Lodge which is this great great little place right on the edge of the water little, little cabins and so we drove up and I secretly already gotten us a reservation and I had bought the ring and I designed the ring and you designed it's, it's it. beautiful yeah and uh, now what do you do when you design it do you take it to a jeweler or I mean because yeah I'll go to the jeweler find pick out the right stone and then you start saying okay how are we going to craft the band okay. and you pick out everything and you get it all done so I did that had that took her up there I pulled into that place and because I didn't tell her where we were going, I pulled into that place. She's oh, I love this place. I said, yeah, I just got to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> I said, she goes in the bathroom. I go check us in. Okay. Uh, then so fast forward, we have dinner. Sunset's going down. I want to have that sunset. I want to propose then at the sunset. So we're having dinner. We're having a great chat with some people, oddly enough, from Australia. Uh, we go up and behind the cottages. There's this little hill, and you go up and you sit there, and there's the ocean and the hills, and it's just beautiful. And uh, I go up there, and there was this family over there. I said, could you take a picture of us? Said, oh, sure. So I get that. We get right perfect with the, the coastline is behind us, and the sun setting, and it's just, just gorgeous. And uh, I said, oh, can you 
push can you uh, step back a little and take a little wider shot okay and and so Kim turned around and looked at her and I got my ring out and when she turned her head back around I was on my knees okay oh that's sweet well one knee you know <laughs> I've done two knees I've done two knees going hey please, oh, please please marry me would you have, I would love it if you what's her name Kim. Kim, could you, could you marry me, Kim? Please, I would be a good man. Please marry me. But you do me the honor of being my wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's great. She said yes. That's cool. And now, now, when when you this, is it weird for her to go to these conventions with you because you are a name and people? I mean, and I've heard that people in these conventions are they're they're great fans. Yeah. I mean, does that like does she like that or she think? Well, wait a second. I'm, you know, what if all these you know, hot women come up and, you know, and know he's a dating expert and you know, let's yeah. see how good of an expert he is. Yeah, let's see how he does with his girlfriend. I'll, I can break this up. Yeah. I mean, does that ever happen? Well, a couple of, one, I say, I'm never, I'm never saying I'm a guru or an expert. I'm a student of dating and, and relationships and all of that kind of stuff. And when I bring her out there, she loves it because, well, she gets to travel. We're getting ready to go to New York Comic Con uh, in a couple of weeks. So taking her out there, so we're going to go run around New York. But at the, uh, doing the panel, the Don't Kill Your Day panel, she loves to come to that because she's also my producer okay uh, so she's producing everything so she's filming all of this stuff and then it it always happens somebody comes up and says how did he pick you up you know and i say honey microphone she goes i got it da, 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 da. Okay. she just pops right up and tells everybody how we met now is is it she's a producer uh is it weird working with someone you love because i know it's like something i mean because it's a lot it, it, i heard it's either it's great or it just it doesn't it's work. great it's okay. great we're a team we are, are such a team uh, she's also she's writing uh, i wrote a screenplay and then she's rewriting it making sure it's all good and then we're gonna pass it on to a producer that we know so together we are really starting to accomplish okay. things now, i saw on your website you've written a few books uh, I am work. Well, I've written two books that are audio books. What happens for, the, for con? the con? What happens at the con stays. At no, the what's con. that about? That is crazy little short stories of things that happen at conventions. That actually are true. That actually are true. Well, some of them are. Some of them have been told to me by people who say they were there. So I take it all with a grain of salt. But I, I add characters and I make it really fun and funny. And then at the end, I say, okay, well, that was Connecticut, or okay. that happened in such and such, or I made this one happen. So. <laughs> Some of them I started. You and know. then what's how to be a freaking genius? Yeah, how to be a freaking genius voice actor. Step one is just all about how to uh, work with your voice and, and start to use it. It doesn't get into marketing or anything like that. It's mostly for designed for people at the cons who are just interested. They don't really know. I'm like, here's having some fun with your voice. Here's how to open up your throat. Here's how to get in nasally. Here's how to do a high voice, a squeaky voice, a deep voice, and blah, blah, blah. So it's fun. It's like, amaze your friends. That kind of thing. So, so how, how, okay, we talked about the, uh, the dating advice writing. How did you get into that? Like, did you sit there and go, I mean, for like the mag writing the magazines mm -hmm. and, and the websites, sure. whatever, did you sit there and go, okay, I want to actively pursue this? Or did you say, okay, I'm good at this? And then how did you start connecting? How did you start getting these jobs? Because it's very, it's a very, different job for someone to get it's not like you sit there and get a book how to write dating advice for dummies and, you exactly. know, and it's not like your agent is going to go okay i'm a literary agent can i can you handle this you know right. i mean the guy had a column for a little bit in the tolucan times but i stopped writing it and i just sent the guy a message it was paid thing sure. i did a cooper talk column yeah but that happened that's easy though because it's a local paper but these are big people you're working with yes. what was your first what was your first gig for the writing where it was actually what got the ball rolling yeah i think um well I had been working on the book for a, a quite a while, and then getting all of the insight that I did over the years in front of thousands of people presenting the live version and getting their question and answer and being able to respond quickly and help them. I've helped a lot of people. They have written me and said, you saved my relationship or something. Okay. I'm like, thank God. You know, wonderful. Uh, that's that's a blessing for me. I started doing that whenever I moved out here. I said, okay, look, um, I can do 
either just spiral out of control and lose it, which I kind of did for about a year. And then I said, look, I want to get this better. I, I can live through this. I can have somebody great in my life. I have to fix me first. So I started studying every uh, pickup artist, every relationship, uh, you know, men are from Mars, women from Venus, anything, everywhere. I'm you know, reading. cracks me about that book, mm. men are from Mars. Both of them have been divorced like two or three times. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's like you wait, you're an expert, but you can't stay married. It's like her, him and Barbara DeAngelo. No, the guy, David Gray was married to Barbara DeAngelo, mm. whoever, who is a, also an expert. It's I think like, it's John Gray. John Gray, but I believe yeah. Barbara, I think he's married. He was married, but it's like, yeah, I think so, yeah. they're experts, but they've been divorced like two times. So it's yeah. like, really, how are you an expert? That's like a fat That's person. That's the thing, yeah. Tell me, tell me a fat person saying, here's how you get fit. Right. You know? Well, here, the, the way I can answer that is, you know, how, why would anybody listen to me having a, a big relationship for 13 years and it failing? You know, well, what happened? That's once. That's once. However, I looked at it and I said, well, you know what? Um, I know what doesn't work. I know where I went right. wrong. I tried to save it at the end. I was unable to. Sadly, that's fine. But after I look at you know what other people did to me, it was horrible. Blah blah blah. That's fine. But that's them. Me. I can. The only thing I can fix is me. Right. And with dating, I also tell guys like, look, the only thing you can fix is you, and how you react to things, and that will change everything. So when in doubt, if you're having a problem, look inward. You know, and the best advice I ever heard, I don't remember who I heard it from. He said, look, you want a one in a million woman. Every guy's like, I want to find that one in a million woman. I said, okay, great. Are you a one in a million man? Right. And I try every day to be better. That's right, because I was in the Million Man March. I said, you're the one. I said, thank you. <laughs> thank hey, you. there you are. <laughs> said, hey, you, token. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, okay, so but how did you get to, what was your first gig with the writing? How, so, did, how did you per- pursue that? Okay, so the first gig, I started uh, writing the book, and then I got, uh, I saw singlesweharehouse.co, uh, and I, said, well, I started looking at different things, and I, I caught them on Twitter. Uh, some people were retweeting my stuff. I said, well, hey, you know, I write. Do you guys need some more? And they said, yeah, sure, come on in. And they put me in there, and I was like, oh, suddenly I'm one of their their experts along with, like, Ross Jeffries and all these other names. I'm like, wow. And, of course, you've got to write. You've got to know what you're doing, and you've got to give them something good. They loved it. They said, you know, this is great. Let's let's keep this going. So I've been doing this every two weeks. I have a, a small article for them. Um, and I said, well... I know these other guys. Let me hit them up and say, here's some samples of what I do, and here's my approach. And if you'd like some stuff for your blogs to get out there, and they say, sure. So I got that, and I got Neil, and all these people. And so it's starting to, to, to blossom, and it's really helping me grow as an author so that whenever the book comes out, I can say, look, I write for all of these guys. I've done all this work. Right. Here's why you should listen to me, because you know I didn't die. I got better. No. I took care of myself. I figured it all out. And look at this beautiful woman I'm I'm marrying now. Have you uh, have high you, upgrade? Have you tried to get like syndicated to newspapers or stuff like that? Like a column? Like you know, I haven't really. Haven't dear tried. Spike. No. Dear, dear Spike. <laughs> Spike. My not my yet. Girlfriend broke up with me, and she's. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. So that'd be good though. Maybe because you were talking to exactly her, talking like, like that like a creepy guy so, so, in a in a trench coat. So, so rubbing yeah. a balloon. <laughs> so the don't kill your date. You now. now how do you incorporate the cooking with it, like the show you're working on? How do you incorporate the cooking with the date tips? Okay. Well, like, for example, uh, what I, the idea concept right now is I'm cooking. I have three guests that are there with me. Could be uh, Max would uh, come on, I'm sure, uh, have some different, different uh, pickup artists, have a psychotherapist or, you know, all the people who are, are in the realm of relationships. And then I would say, what is our theme today? First dates. Okay, I'm going to come up with first date recipes. Something that's good, solid. Like for example, one of my favorite first date recipes is a Thomas Keller style baked chicken. Very simple, succulent, 
amazing. The house smells great. It's easy to cook. Why is it called Thomas Keller? Because Thomas Keller, uh, it's it's how he cooks chicken, and he. I, does, I don't know who he is. Oh my god, he's he's the best chef in the world, basically. Okay. Uh, and he owns the French Laundry up in Yountville. He okay. owns Per Se, I think, is in New York. Um, and it's just amazing, amazing food. And it's uh, the simplest chicken I've ever cooked, right? But it's easy, simple, straightforward. And the, a dessert of, you know, a real simple dessert. And all of my stuff is about five ingredients or less. I okay. try to keep it real simple for guys. But then, so that's that. Or it's like, oh, it's a, a breakup meal. You know, you have to break up with somebody. Or you broke up or you screwed up. You know, what are you going to cook? Chocolate, chocolate, and more chocolate. You know? Right. But do you, but do you also talk about the dating advice? Absolutely. Okay. And we discuss that while I'm cooking and say, hey, now why would you, you know, what's happened on a first date? How about, tell me what your favorite first date was, blah, 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 blah. How do you act on a first date? You know, uh, like some of the different date ideas I have. One is like, you know, build a fort, you know, those forts you built when you were a kid. It's kind of a fun date. And I say, never do that on a first date. No. Very scary. Well, you know what's <laughs> funny? It's so funny. And it's sometimes it's so easy to people don't do it. It's like with my girlfriend, we went to the same college and we had just started talking and I liked her, but she was across the country. You know, I'm not going to sure. start flying, you know. And uh, I sent her a t-shirt from our uh, college. I went on the website and then her best friend who knows is married to one of my best friends of course, got him to ask Mike. My friend Mike's like, so, uh, you know, would you send up for just as Joanne as a friend or whatever? I'm like, did Renee tell you to do that? He's like, well, yeah. And I said, yeah. And I said, no, I don't know her, but I, okay, but I like her. But it was just that little token. And then when she came out to see me, she flew up. Before she got off the plane, she changed and she came out wearing that Stockton set. I was like, that's cool. And that it was, was just that cool. little. That was just that little thing I did just to be nice. And it only cost like twelve bucks plus shipping. It's like it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing that some people don't get. Absolutely. And that's it's funny because the, some of the easiest things I have found, and when I'm talking with women, it's just, look, just be there. Be present. Be present. And if you're going to do something, then just let me know that you're thinking about me. Right. That's important. You know, let them know they're significant. Take that second to be nice or give them a really good kiss out of nowhere. You know, whatever. Something awesome. But just don't be boring. Now... When, how far are you, are you, do you have a few episodes in the can, or what's up, what's with the show, is it? We haven't been able to get it off the, off the ground yet, we've uh, pitched it. It's a great idea. It was fun, we pitched it to uh, a TLC, and they said it was too smart for them. Okay. They love the concept, too smart for you. Okay, so we've got to uh, put together a, a sizzle reel and do some more shots, because we, we did one shoot, but we had a sound issue problem, so we had to scrap the whole thing and start over. So we're going to do another one, and uh, we'll probably start a Kickstarter campaign again uh, in not too long, so we're working on it. Now, when's the uh, book come out? I mean, is it, is it, does it have a lot of recipes or? Uh, yeah, it's not going to have as many recipes. It's like it's, it's become this great self-help thing and not so much of a cookbook. Okay. So I'm going to kind of tone that down and put more more meals in it. Uh, so it's going to be a nice mix of cookbook, dating advice, uh, and all of that kind of thing. That's good. Though. It's it's a good. It's good. It works hand in hand like that. And then people, yeah. you can don't be afraid to cook because you know a girl loves a guy who can cook well. That's absolutely. All and it's so easy. That's the thing people look at. It's so damn easy. Absolutely. And, uh, so what else up in the acting forefront? Do- uh, acting forefront. Uh, like I said, I'm going back on on camera. I get new headshots, all that good stuff. Uh, I have several several things coming out voice wise that I can't tell you about okay. right now. Uh, although I I have something on Nickelodeon that's going to be coming out, uh, another big anime that we did that's coming out and uh, another video game we're working on. So, uh it, things are going to happen. Things are happening. But you, but you still I mean it's funny, but you <clears throat> constantly work with the voice stuff. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I do as much as I can. I mean, it's 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 hard you audition as much as you can. I mean, I auditioned 50 times the other day. So, it just happens. In one it's, day? In one day. You ordered 50. Yeah. 
Well, I, I have I have six different agents across the country that, and there's different other places. Oh, for voice work, all though. for voice. All so, for voice. so you can just call on the phone and go, hey, hey, this is the voice or stuff like that. Is that well? It's all everything's email now. Okay. It's so easy. You just boom. You knock out a quick audition and send it off in in no time. So and that doesn't happen that way. Usually it's like ten to to twenty, you know, in a day. If I if I do if I have a decent day, but that one day was particularly heavy. But we got a. It's oh, I'm New York Comic Con coming up too. Okay, now give all your uh, websites. I know you have like tons of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got three. Uh, SpikeSpencer dot com. Very simple. That's I hardly do anything with that. Uh, my fan site for voiceover stuff is almostevilminions.com. They're my minions. Um, that's almostevilminions.com. And then for the dating is don'tkillyourdate.com. And then what can they find on that website? Uh, well, all of my articles are there. Okay. Uh, there's going to be podcasts we're putting together. Uh, we got quickie tips on cooking, quickie tips on relationships, all kinds of fun stuff. We keep tweaking it, but we're going to get up. There's a lot of good content. And you can also check him out on IMDb to see his big body work because he's got a ton of stuff up here. He's got 71 credits. That's, that's, yes. a, that's a crap load. But don't look at the pictures. They stink. Now, do you tweet? I try to. I, I, I have it all kind of connected with a Facebook okay. fan page. So I, I do. Um, I'm not really good at it. I'm still learning all this stuff. There's so much to learn from these old folks. I don't understand what it is. It's nuts. And I want to thank you for coming on. It was cool. Because I was sitting there. I was thinking, you took me a while ago. I was like, you know, I need a guest. And I said, you know, I'm going to hit him up. Because I've been getting away from just comics. Because I went, my show is a talk show. It's not a comedy show. Exactly. But I want to thank you, Spike. Uh, Check him out, please. Go to spikespencer.com and and, and don't kill your date. And and I'm going to be a minion. I'm going to become one of his minions. And uh, people follow me at Twitter, at Cooper Talk on Twitter. Uh, You can email me, cooper at indie100.com. Check my show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Type in one word, uh, Cooper Talk. You'll see about 175 episodes. Or you can go to uh, my website, coopertalk.net. I have a bunch of episodes up there. And if you go to Facebook, go to uh, the Cooper Talk fan page. You can look through all the pictures of my guests. And when you click on the pictures, there's a link to their episode. So it's it's very easy. And yeah, and that's about it. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'll tell you whenever I call into the Big Daddy Graham show out of Philadelphia. That's usually once a week. But you got to follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk to know that. Remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests remember drink your water take your vitamins and eat your veggies have a good weekend it's time for lunch